Parashas Chukas, as we know, begins with the word Zos Chukas Now that it's already Shabbos, I don't mind uh, informing everybody that according to many postkim, today, Friday, was meant to have been a fast day. What was the reason for that? So one of the Rishonim Sefer tells us well, that was the date that the Christians gathered all the Sfarim from all the Batimedrash of France and burned them publicly in the streets of Paris. In the time of the Rishonim, in the time of Rabbi Chil of Paris, one of the Bariatosvis, there was a, so to speak, a court case whether the Talmud is anti-Christian or not. And of course, it was just an excuse for the bishops and the priests of the time to vent their fury on the Talmud. And therefore, they set in a campaign to find all the swarm they could in France. And in the area of Shabbos Parashas they publicly burnt them. And that was a tremendous tragedy because in the eras before there was the printing press, when every sefer had to be written by hand, so I can imagine the amount of effort and time it took to produce a single Masechda. Kavuchem Ahol Shas. And when the non-Jews burnt 24 wagon loads of Sfarim, that was a colossal loss for the Jewish people. It was really the end, the beginning of the end of the period of the Bali Atosphus. And the Mogan Avram brings us down as a fast day. And the Jews of France were known to fast in commemoration of that terrible tragedy. And even though normally fast days or any day in the Jewish calendar is commemorated by the day of the month that it happens, why here was it specifically chosen to be Arab Shabbos of Pashas Chukas? So the Rishonim tell us also that the Gdolim of the time were wondering what did they do to deserve this terrible punishment? Why did Hashem, so to speak, take the terror away from them? And they asked the Shalat, Shalat which means a way of trying to find out in a dream some form of Racha Kodesh. What was the reason for the Gzera? And the answer that they received in the dream, very enigmatic, was three words Da Gzera Saraisa. This is the, literally the decree against the terror. Now, those three words are really the opening words of the Targum Yedr, which means this is the law of the Torah, is translated into Aramaic as Dog Zera Sarasa. And uh, because of that connection that they had through the dream to the Pasha, that's why they made the first day Arab Shabbos Pasha's Chukas, which needs an explanation. It's true that the but is there more of a meaning than just the fact that it happens to words of the parasha or is there something of significance of why the Gezerah of burning this all the separate Kodesh of France is alluded to in these words. And really the words Zosfukasatara as we know is the opening phrase of the Torah's discussion of the Paradama. There are many shayas in the Paradoma. So let's add one more. We know that the point of the Paradoma was to provide for Ptaira, to provide for purity. And 
This is an, an unusual form of tarah. Normally, what causes tarah is water. Whether it's the water of a mikveh or sometimes the water of a natural spring. But those are things which cause tarah. Those are things which cause purity. The reason for that, now, maybe maim is a source of building, it's a source of life, it's a source of going back to the stage before the creation, which the water was covering the world. We were going back to that rebirth, so to speak. But what we don't find, and what is unique to the Paradoma, was what was the active ingredient in causing kapara by the Paradoma? It was the ash of the para. It was the ash of the Paradoma which was metai. And ash, the product of something which is burnt, the product of fire, is not normally a source of tyra. And therefore we have to ask ourselves the question. We understand water is metaira. And for every other form of tumma there is, so some form of water is what used to be metaira person. But when it comes to tumas mace, the tumma of being in contact with a dead person, we find the tyra comes specifically through ashes. Why would ash be a symbol of tyra? Why would ash be something which is a material person from being in contact with the mess? So let's first discuss Thomas Mess. And in Ba'ez Hashem afterwards, we'll talk about what's the tara, what's the purity which comes about through the paradam. We know that the point of tara is that when a person has done something to defile themselves or come into contact with something tame, there's a connection that the tumma has to them. And the process of Tyra removes that connection from tumma, it separates them and makes them Tyra again. Very similar to an Avera. When a person does an Avera, so then there's a negative spiritual force, like the Gemara tells us, which connects themselves to the person. And the concept of chiva is a person is able to detach themselves from that force, from that source of tumma, from that source of avera, which is why chiva is often compared to tara. It's a similar process. It's a way where a person can cleanse themselves. They can remove from themselves the connection to something evil, the connection to something tame, and when that association has been broken, then a person comes back to being tar. So for example, in Yom Kippur, we have The kapara of Yom Kippur is like tara. It's like purifying. A person was shackled to the evil of his avarice, and he's able to remove that connection. He's able to disconnect from the kayach of the ra. And when that happens, a person goes back to being tar. A person goes back to a stage of being unshackled, unaffected by his avarice. But, that works for most avarice. Like we know, Yom Kippur is mechafe. Shav is mechafe. There's some avarice that the effect on the person is so strong or the connection to the person is so much that a person can't detach himself from the other. It's too deeply embedded within him. And for Averis like that, there isn't the option 
of Yom Kippur being mechaper, Yom Kippur can't. It's not something which can be wiped away and the person is then left separate from his avera. That's something intrinsic. It's something which is deeply, deeply rooted in the person. And a very like that, regular shiva doesn't work for. Sometimes this is because of the amount of energy and time and effort the person's put into the avera. Like the Gemara says, Navayi Zara. And a certain avera is the odic part of when a person is extremely attached to the avera. So they can't do shiva for it in the normal sense of the word. Sometimes it's because of the severity of the Avera. That it makes such a blemish, such a stain on the person, it's not something which can be wiped away. Such as Chidol Hashem. The Gemara says that Yom Kippur doesn't work with Chidol Hashem. And for Averas like that, what is the hope for the person who wants to clean himself? What is the option that a person who wants to matter himself has when the Avera is so deep that it can't just be wiped away? The word Kippurim literally means to wipe something clean. And when the Avera is too deep to be wiped away, it's too firmly rooted in a person, what's the other option? So that's what the Gemara tells us. When it's talking about Chilol Hashem, Yuma, and the Gemara of Arizara was talking about those Averas that a person is Adik Patova, is too deeply attached to. And what the Gemara says is that even though Chiva doesn't work, but Misimachaparis. When a person dies, that works. How does that be how is that Mechaper? How does dying bring a power for these Averas? So let's look together what the Ramchal says. And he's talking about the Chait of Adam Arishan. And the Ramchal tells us that the Chait of Adam Arishan was something which made such a change to a person that shiva wouldn't be enough to change to clean it. Since the Ra had now made its way into the person and become part of his nature, part of his psyche, so it couldn't just be wiped away. I couldn't just work on being dipping in a mikveh or using Shiva in the regular sense to detach oneself from the Chait. Here, the Torah told Adam Arishon is the only Kapar is going to come when a person dies. And that's why it was Nigzai and Adam Arishon and all future people to die. And how does that Mechaper? Because, says the Ramchal, the body as it is, is something which can't be fixed. The Ra has taken root in it too strongly. But what can happen, what will happen, is therefore Hashem has to destroy the body and after it recreate it. And then it can be recreated in a sense where that Tzumah is no longer there. It can be recreated in a way where it no longer has an attachment to the Ra. In its present form, it's irredeemable. But there's a concept of Misa and Chiyasa which allows the present form of the present body to be destroyed and then recreated in a way which won't be with that one. That's the Tikkun for the Chait of Adamarisha. Hashem tells him, Ki offer You're going to go back to being dust. But that's not just the punishment. 
That's the tikkun. Because then, from being dust, you can be recreated without the effect of the ra that there is now. And the same thing when it comes to Khilul Hashem or other virus, where the Gemara says, Mrs. Nechaper. It doesn't just mean misses a punishment. Misses a part of the process of Tyre. Because if in the present form a person can't detach himself from the Avera, so then Hashem makes a system where the present form can be destroyed and the person can be recreated. But recreated in a pure way. Without attachment to the Ra. That's how we find the Gemara says that even Sadiqim, who didn't disintegrate when they died, they had schusim, but their body remained whole. The Gemara says that they also return to dust in order to be recreated. That's the only kapara for a ra which is too deeply rooted in a person to be removed any other way. But it's also a kapara. It's also a kapara. That's the oimek of our Mrs. Nechate. And now we see the beginning of the principle of understanding the Paradama. Let's understand the Paradama. For most kinds of Tama, a person has to eat a table in water or in the river or in the mikveh and he comes tight. When a person comes into contact with a dead person and specifically needs the ether of the parad, the ash of the paradam. And the reason is, most other forms of tumah represent a level of ra that a person can detach themselves from. And if being connected to the tumah or in contact with the tumah defiles a person, so there's a way to get out of that with water. A person can wash himself clean, literally. A person can be retire himself. When it comes to contact with Misa, Misa which represents the kind of Tumah that a person can't remove from himself. The kind of Ra which is so deeply part of a person that there's no way to get out of the Gzair of Adam Arisha. So then how does a person retire themselves from that contact with the Aviya Voisa Tumah, the source of all Tumah, the Tumah of a mess? And here the Torah tells us, the answer is, take ash. Ash signals something which has been completely burnt. Nothing remains of it. But that's a symbol for the Tyra process when water doesn't work. The Tyra process which comes from destruction, which then allows rebuilding. And therefore the way to be matar oneself from contact with the tumor called Misa, is through ashes. Understand that Misa is the same process. It's the process of destroying the body. Because that's the only way to free it from its connection to Tumah. That perspective is the beginning of overcoming the Tumah of Misa. It's how, the, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a system where they'll be tired for Misa too. Now this teaches us a principle. The Eifer of the Paradoma tells us that there's a second root to Tyra. A root which comes through burning something, destroying it, 
Because that allows it to be rebuilt without that tumor. I want to share with you an unbelievable insight, magnificent insight from Mary Rabbi Moshe Shapiro's friendly brother. There's a halacha in the Torah of Kisri Adam, where one kills a chicken, or a shech, a chicken, or a bird of any kind, or a chayo, one has to cover the blood. But the Torah says one has to cover the blood with offer, with sand. And the Gemara asks, what can be used to cover the blood? Could one use salt, for example? Could one use wood filings? What's called offer? And the Gemara tells us, anything which one could grow things in is called offer. So if you could plant seasons and it will grow, that's called offer. And you can cover the blood with that. Whereas salt, sugar, things like that, even though they might be absorbent and cover blood, if they can't grow something, then they're not good for Kisiyada. The Gemara in Cholin brings the opinion of Basila. And Basila says there's an exception to this rule. And that is, a person can do Kisiyada with ashes, with afer. Even though normally things don't grow in ash. But says Basila, I have a posuk that ash is also called offer. Ash is also called dirt, called sand. And therefore, when the Torah says you have to cover in sand, I have a reference in the Torah that ash is also called sand. And what's Israel? The pastor can answer his question. The lakhu la the mistake for the person who is tameh, may offer sreifa sechatas. It doesn't say from the ash of the burnt chatas. It says from the sand of the burnt chatas. Why? We're talking about ashes. And the Torah calls it offer, not afer. Says Bezhenel, I see from here that one can do kisi adam in ash because the Torah calls it offer. The Moshe Shapira added that it's specifically here where ash is called offer because the whole point of the ash of the paraduma is to signal destruction, some which is completely burnt, but which can lead to rebuilding. And therefore, the offer, the afer, which is the ash, becomes offer because it comes something which can produce new. Now we understand the depth. When Hashem tells Adam Arisham that it's been nixed on him to die. And Hashem doesn't just tell him, you're going to die. But He says, Ki offer offer You're going to go back to being offer. You're going to go back to being sand, to being dust. Because that's also the ticker. That allows for the rebuilding. In your present form, you can't detach yourself from the stomach. But the ticker is, that this present form will be destroyed, the person's body will die, and be rebuilt as offer, in a way where there's no longer that connection to Tum. That's the message. That's the significance of the afer, of the ash of the paradam. It's not for nothing. I mean, just have a par, a para, because both the word offer and afer happened in the word par. This concept that Afer is the start of Tyra, we see it in another place as well. And that is in the Khurban Basimikdash. On the one hand, the Basimikdash was destroyed with a tremendous punishment. But there was a lining of hope in it as well. I'd like to share with you. On the famous story, we all know at the end of Makkus. And Gemara tells us that the Chachamim 
we're witnessing the ruins of Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yeshua and Ramon Gamliel, and the tears were streaming down their faces. And Rabbi Akiva, who was with them, he was laughing. And I asked him, Rabbi Akiva, that's in Congress. Why would seeing the sight of the Khurban be something which would inspire you to laugh? And Rabbi Akiva's answer was, because I know that there are two nevuahs which are connected to each other. The nevuah of Uriah and the nevuah of Zechariah. The one was the nevuah of destruction. And the other was the nevuah of rebuilding. And he said, as long as I know that the nevuah of destruction hadn't been fulfilled, I was worried that the nevuah of redemption wouldn't be fulfilled either. But now that I see the first nevuah is being fulfilled, I can look forward to the fulfillment of the second. And Rav Aaron asks the question. And he says, if the first nevuah of destruction wouldn't have been fulfilled, we wouldn't have needed the second nevuah of redemption. If the Mbezimikdash would still be standing, we wouldn't need to rebuild it. So why was Rabbi Akiva anticipating the Khurban so that thereafter he could look forward to the rebuilding? And the principle of Aaron Leibah says his answer is the same principle we brought before. And that is, when something is so tamay that it can't be purified, then the only purification process that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has is to destroy it and rebuild it again. And therefore, Abakiva felt at the time of the before the Khurban that the base of Migdash as it was, the Averis of Kaisal had been too deeply embedded in it. Like the verse says about the first base of Migdash, so it's about the second. It was gotten to the extent where the base as it was could no longer be purified. And therefore, the only option for Tyra would be through ashes. The Besamikdash would be burnt and a new Besamikdash would be built instead. And therefore, in the ashes of the Khurban, Rabbi Akiva sees the offer which is going to give birth to the building of the future. And we say historically this is true as well. When something was so corrupt, some bad in Yisrael, there was no way to fix it. Then what saved Kal Yisrael from that negativity, from that evil, was a Khurban. We know at the time of the second best of Mikdash. So we know that it was destroyed through Sunnah Shinnah. It wasn't just rivalry or different groups in Kal Yisrael who disliked each other. We know primarily the problem was that there were two forces in Klai Yisrael, the Tzedakim, the Baitusim, and they were working to undermine the authority of the Chachamim. They were working to create a rift within Klai Yisrael. And they had reached positions of power, the, the Tzedakim were in English, the CTCs, had become the nobility that influenced the king. Sometimes they even wrested the Kuala Gadola from us. There were a malaise which was devouring the Jewish people. And it was too far, too far gone for there to be a tyro. But what happened? Hashem brought the Khurban. 
and the destruction of the Khurban destroyed its Tokim as well. We don't find them after the Khurban, they disappear. Similarly, in the time of the first place of Mikdash, the primary sin of Klayashal was the Avoy Desire at the time, and that was being fueled by the ministers of the king, the royal gods. And the Khurban destroyed the ability of Yehuda, it destroyed the royal house of King Tzidkia, and they didn't return again. Israel, when they came back and by Chani, had been freed from that evil influence. It had been the fire which had burnt everything, which also completely destroyed the Ra, and allowed the rebuilding without it. And if you're going to venture to say that even in more recent times, Jury of Eastern Europe, there were those forces of the Haskalah, those forces of it was called Bundism, or Socialism, or Marxism, which had been eating away at the Jewish people. It had taken such a big chunk from the Jewish people that there wasn't the option of Tyre. And the only option of purifying Klai Yisrael was through the Paradum. A purification through ash, through destruction. And post-destruction, those groups no longer existed. They were no longer there to sully and to metame the force of Klai Yisrael. Those are the concepts of how the Paraduma is metai. And we can say the same thing where we began. Klai Yisrael of the Middle Ages, the Baliatosis and their students, were witnesses of the destruction of all the soil of France. And they didn't understand. It's a tremendous kazaria, tremendous punishment. They asked the Shaila's Chaloi, but they were told in the dream, Yes, it was a kazaria, it was a decree against Kla Yisrael. But there was a message of hope in it also. And that is, the ashes of those Sifrei Talmud were like the ashes of the Paratum. On the one hand, it was a punishment, but on the other hand, in the ashes of punishment, already the, is already the potential for the future rebuilding, for the future development, which will be free from the influence of whatever there are. Ones. One last point. There's a pasuk in the which is often quoted: This is the Torah, a person who dies in the tent. And the Gemara interprets that Pasuk in Derech Drush that the Torah only exists for somebody who kills himself in the tents of Torah. That's true. There's a chat in the Pasuk also. And that is, there's a Torah for the person who died and is recreated. Because in one's present form, our connection to Torah is limited. Because as people, we still have that connection to Ra, which is something that as long as we're alive, we won't be able to purify, purify ourselves from. But Adam Kiyamus Ba'il, when a person dies and then is recreated afterwards, then there's a Zaysa Torah. Then there's a new level of understanding of Torah, a level of understanding of Torah impurity, disconnected from the source of Ra. And that's what the paradigm focuses us towards. Yes, there's destruction. Yes, things get reduced to ash. But you should know that there's a tire process. 
for Ash as well.